At last week, I shared, if you recall from Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, I just want to share that once again as we, we jump in here. But it reads, uh, then Jesus said, and we, if you remember this, it's, it's come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And again, you're probably going to hear this every week for these next couple of weeks because I, we need to be reminded. And again, this morning as you came into this place, and, and not that, you know, again, this is coming to Jesus. It's not just coming to church. So, but hear what I'm saying. Like, as you come in here, let this be a time right now as you hear my voice in your ear talking, let this ne- these next few moments be that space for you this week. To be present here. Whatever's out there is gonna be waiting for you when you leave, I promise. But just be here in this moment and hear as, as, as Jesus' words, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> I, I'm weary, I have heavy burdens that I wanna bring. And, and he says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And it's very interesting to me. I don't know if you pause and think about it like I do, but you know, it's, you're, the, the idea of a yoke does not sound great to me. You know, <laughs> Okay, here, give, he's saying, give me that and I'll give you this. But the beauty is though, is as, he, as he says this, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I'm humble, gentle of heart. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And that's how it's supposed to be. You think about, you know, the burden that he gives us. What's the burden, you know? And that's, that's to walk in, in, in his, in the, in, as the scripture lays out, that's to walk in obedience to, to what he's called us to. It's to walk in and to share with others the good news of the gospel. And as we do that, yeah, is, is that, that's, that's a pretty weighty burden, but he promises that it's, it's light. Why? I believe it's because the, the Holy Spirit then uh, moves through us and works through us and empowers us in such a way that, you, that scripture that says again, you know, that, that it's through, it's in our weakness that he is made strong. And you come to that place and you're like, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but if you've been in a situation where, like, I don't know where that came from, what I just said. You know, that person was, and, and something, God just gave us the words or God gave us that thing to do. And what is it? That's the Holy Spirit working through us. I, I, I heard a podcast recently and a pastor was talking, and I may unpack this, in weeks ahead a little further, but he said, you know, the question was kind of posed for the, for the podcast was, was, you know, why do we not see like the things that we saw in the book of Acts in the early church? Why are we seeing, you know, and, and there are, I would call them brothers and sisters, but you know, in certain veins, if they're cessationists where those things are gone, but I truly believe in what he was saying is because the church has, has lost its way a little bit. You look at the early church in the book of Acts, what were they doing? They were, they, were with each, they were with one another. They were communing together. They were on mission. They were reaching the lost. They were going out. And they were, they were doing exactly what the Great Commission was, right? And I want to encourage us today. This isn't to discourage us. This is to encourage us that I believe that as we come back, as we begin to get on mission, as we, again, even what you're going to hear today from this, the vision team and where we want to get to as this church, again, gets into the, the weeds a bit and gets out and even into the difficult places, that you will start to see God moving in new and fresh ways in this church. 
But all throughout scripture, it, it, it never happens that the spirit of God shows up and, and is on someone or working through someone for the simple fact for them to just to sit and to not do anything, right? It, the Holy Spirit shows up to empower that person to do something that they could not do in themselves. And so I wanna encourage us today as, as we look again to this next letter in this acronym REST, taking from that scripture I said, and, and, and again, we just made the little thing, the acronym, and last week was about relationship, both with God and with others. This week I wanna talk about expectation. Expectation. You know, there's different types of expectation. Everybody, you'll see what I, sometimes, you know, I think some of us, you know, you can expect just for everything to go wrong. Right? <laughs> like, well, this, this, it's just going to happen like that, you know? And that's not the expectation I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, you know, again, maybe it's something you're going to do for somebody, a surprise, or maybe it's Christmas morning for you, or maybe whatever that is, you know, there's that eagerness, that expectation, like you can't wait, right? That you're, you, you, you're expecting something, like, really good, but maybe not quite sure when that's gonna take place, but there's, there's this anticipation, there's this expectation, and again, that's, that's so important, this eager expectation, and knowing, in our case, that God is up to something. And church, my prayer for both myself and for all of us is that every time, and it's a starting point, but every time that we come here on a Sunday, we do so with expectation. Not just about the people we see, that's, that's part of it, that's great, but an expectation of what God might have in store for us today. If I asked you today, let's, I'm gonna ask you actually. <laughs> in your mind right now, I want you to draw a picture, it doesn't have to be fancy, whatever your capabilities are in your mind, of what a church looks like, right? Whatever church you can think of, whatever church, whatever that looks like for you, draw that, you know, sketch that out in your mind. Let me give you just a second. It's imagination, it should be pretty quick, but you got it finished? You see something in your mind, right? If I asked you right now, by a show of hands, don't show your hands. If I asked you, this is an if question now. Who in here drew a, a picture of a group of people, not a building? You showed me your hands. Come on, you're making everybody feel bad around you. Okay. And listen, that's, it's not really a trick question, but what I want you to see, and it was, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this too, like we have come to know structures as churches. But can I just whisper something ever so quietly on the internet that's gonna be there forever? It's not biblical. <laughs> the structure, it was never called a church. The church were the people that gathered together, whether it was in a home, in a field, or in a building, it's the people that gather. And so when we gather, we are the church. And so the church is here today. We are present together, and that's why there should be this expectation. That's why there's room for God to move. And again, it, it has to start at that place. And remember, as we walk through these, these, these four REST, and again, we're on expectation today, 
We're going to do so from two points. One is how it relates to God, and then how it relates to one another. And so as we look in and, and, and talk about expectation, we're going to begin with God. And I love in Psalm, uh, Psalm 51, uh, verse 11, and David is writing here, and listen to this. He says, do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Again, this is Old Testament, don't forget. <laughs> but David is writing like, don't send me away from just your presence, God. Just to be in your presence, please don't do that. You know? and, and that's a place, and that's, that's a heart. And I believe, too, you know, David, as this says, that he's a man after God's own heart. Again, he had this hunger and passion. Did he mess up? He did. Probably worse than a lot of people. He got some things right, but he made some pretty bad mistakes. But the amazing thing is that he's still called a man after God's own heart. And I believe, too, because you see his heart, you see his passion for God's presence in Psalm, just that one thing. And all throughout many of the Psalms, he writes, he just wants to be in communion with God, with his creator. And so, again, you know, thinking about that first, and then I want to look today, too, at Psalm chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. This is, again, David writing once again, and he says this, Oh, hear me, O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. And again, I don't know how many of us groan in prayer, but, you know, when you're carrying a heavy weight or carrying something and you need to bring that to God, you know, he's, he's like, please pay attention as he's feeling this pressure. And he says, listen to my cry for help. My God, and my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. And here it is. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. And wait expectantly. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment right now. God, I pray that you would help all of us, Lord, just to shut things down. Lord, the, 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 the busyness, the concerns, the things that are running through our mind. Let our hearts just be still before you this morning that we may hear your word, that we may hear what your spirit might say to us. And God, I pray that we would open our hearts to receive that. And God, that we would truly, Lord, um, that you would move our hearts towards you in a way that they are expectant. And but God, that also desires and longs, Lord, just for your presence. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. What would we look like, church? What would our church look like here, even today, if we praised expectantly, when we lift our voices in song, if we're doing that with an expectation of God to meet us in that place. And again, you know, there is a sense that, you know, the scripture says that he inhabits the praises of his people. There is a promise of that, but what if we were doing so like, man, I just know God's, he's gonna move and he's gonna meet people and he's gonna change lives this morning as we lift our voices. Or how about when we pray, right? When we, when we come to the Lord, to, to come, to come in, into his presence and to lift up a, a request or, or just to, to worship him, and as we do so, we do so with expectation of something to happen. Or perhaps even when we're serving. Frank, Frank, he was on point this morning in the rain. Amen? Yeah. You warm my heart every time I see you out there. Um, and I kind of say in the back of my mind, I'm glad I'm not out there this morning. But, but you are you're faithful, and I, I, that is amazing. And, it's, and it is. And, and you, you talk to Frank, and he, he just, he'll, he's going to smile, right? He's going to say good morning. Why? And you can't make that up. 
And, and what if, you know, again, you know, while we serve, while, while people like Frank and other, all the other volunteers who, who serve here and, and, and give their time here, what if we did so with an expectation like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in this moment. Even in, and again, even in our giving, or even when we're sharing with one another, when we're, you know, what we did for this, this yard sale. And again, maybe a lot of the stuff people brought was stuff maybe you, you didn't really want anymore. But what about when we give? What about when we give even in our, in our offering here? What if we did so with expectation? Say, man, God. Or just like the, the widow with the, the two mites. Remember when Jesus is watching as they're dropping in? And she had very little, but she gave all she had. And she did so with a, with a, a heart that was worshiping the Lord. And I believe she did so with expectation that God was gonna take care of her. And so again, this is a posture of expectation. We can have this eager confidence is what I would call, call it. And so some questions here is how do we keep in this state of expectation? How in a world that, that again, just wants to just, what is it, de-expectation, <laughs> Us, how do, they just want, it wants to just like kind of like throw a, a, a you know water on the flame, so to speak, doesn't it? And and there's just things like you know, I, I, listen, I live this way too. You know, keep your expectations low, and if it's better, then it's it's a pleasant surprise. If not, then you're not disappointed, right? Anybody else can I amen that? Yeah, and it's just you know it's sad because why we've been disappointed so many times in life that it's just better and it's easier for us. But I wanna challenge us, and myself included, that that should not be the case when it comes to God. I don't wanna anymore, I don't wanna keep the bar low for what God might wanna do anymore. I wanna expect, right? I wanna expect. I wanna expect new people coming in here. I wanna expect people that don't know the Lord. I wanna expect even all of you going out and reaching the lost, reaching your neighbor, reaching your coworker, and bringing them here with you and saying, Pastor Dell. You know, I just shared with this person this week my testimony, and, and they, they wanted to know the Lord, and I, I led them, you know, and they, they, they're here now. And again, church, I don't misunderstand me. I, yes, you know, every, any pastor that says, I'm not worried about the numbers here is lying to you. <laughs> Frankly, this is true. Like, I try to keep it out. But, but again, if there are numbers here, I would love to see new believers coming to the Lord, not people coming, other sheep from other churches. Right? What would happen? <laughs> Can you imagine? You want to talk about expectancy? A bunch of new believers coming in. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that just accepted the Lord. <laughs> it's contagious, right? It's awesome. And you're sitting there kind of, and you feel kind of, first you might feel like, man, I feel kind of guilty. But then you start to remember like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be excited. The creator of this universe now, now lives in you. You don't, you've rewritten your eternity. Your eternity is no longer in hell, separated from God, your creator. Now you get to spend eternity in relationship. And all the things of this world are going to pass away someday. You should be excited. We should be excited. (laughs) I'm preaching to myself this morning. It's okay. And so church, again, it's not just emotionalism. It's, it's coming back to that place of understanding 
how amazing and how beautiful that relationship is. And so again, how, even when we're praying, and again, I know that there's people in here, I know I myself in the same way, that there have been prayers I have prayed and things I have asked that did not go the way that I wanted or the way that I thought God should do it. Or maybe there's, there's a prayer that, is, that does line up even with God's word, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. And so, you know, if we're not careful, we can really tire, we can, we can burn out, and we can, we can lose our expectation. I want us to look briefly this morning in Scripture at someone who shows up very quickly and makes an exit very quickly, but I think it serves as a really great example of, of how it might look to walk out a life of expectation. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Luke chapter 2. And this is going to be a very familiar picture. Usually you hear about it around Christmas time. But it's right after the birth of Christ, and Joseph and Mary show up in Jerusalem to present Jesus, right, to the Lord. And beginning in verse 22 of chapter 2 of Luke, it says, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, which would have been about 40 days, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And again, just a little asterisk here, footnote. Again, this shows too that, that Mary and Joseph were not wealthy because a lamb should have been offered here and they did not have that. And so this was for those who were of, of a poorer class and it also kind of points to the fact that the wise men, again, I don't want to get too deep, and you know, but the way that we understand it at Christmas time, that the wise men probably hadn't shown up yet. Because if they had all those things, they would have had the resources to purchase a lamb, right? So again, come back at Christmas time and we'll get into that, all right? So again, so again, they, they present this sacrifice of turtle doves and young pigeons. And verse 25, here we go. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the, Lord, the Lord's Christ, all right, the Messiah, Jesus. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. This means he can die now in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for, uh, for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Again, so this guy Simeon just kind of comes crashing on the scene here out of nowhere, right? There's no real, you know, ramp up to this. He just, he shows up. And, and it just, it's striking to me as we look at, at him that, you know, we, while we don't know a ton about him, in this, just in this, these couple of verses, quite a bit is shared about him, right? That gives us maybe a little bit of backstory. And what we can see here is first that he is called righteous, I don't know about you, but that would be a wonderful compliment if somebody called me righteous. What was the era where righteous was like a word? Like, you know, a thing? Like, that was righteous, man? I'm looking at you, Michael, for some reason. I figured you would know that. I don't know. I could hear you saying that. 
<laughs> okay, a little, a little while ago, a little while ago. I just wanted to see who was going to answer, but, uh, but <laughs> they're righteous, right? I mean, but here, here Simeon is righteous. He's righteous, and again, for, for, for this to be in the scripture, for him to be uh, identified like this, that is amazing, and it tells you about who he was, that, that he was walking in a way that was honoring to the Lord. He was, he was walking a, a way that, that, again, brought glory to God's name, and it also, right behind that, it says that he was devout. Another way that I would say this is that he was obedient. He was obedient. He was faithful, and, you know, again, this is something I think that, that can slip away from us a little easy if, if we're not careful in, in just the, the get it now type of culture that we live in and time we live in. We want it now, right? But to be faithful and to be devout, and again, we see that in, in him. And then it says, too, that he was waiting for this consolation of Israel. So, again, so, so he's, he's living a life that's holy, that's according to the word of God or to the law at that time. He's walking that out in a faithful way. And then all the while, he's waiting. And I don't know about you, but it was a long wait, <laughs> right? I don't know how long you've had to wait for something. Maybe you've seen it you know, from beginning to end, or maybe you're still in this waiting period and you can identify with him. But again, I think that there's something to note here is it's, it's the posture by which he's waiting, there was no doubt in his mind that God was gonna do what he promised. And so again, you know, we see that, that while he lived out his life, he wasn't you know, mumbling or complaining and he, wasn't, he didn't forget, but instead he did so with this anticipation. And that word that's, uh, again, translated waiting, it often translates to being expectant, right? Any moms in here who gave birth and an expectant mother, that's that, you know something's coming, right? <laughs> You're like, oh boy. It's, yeah. But that's, it's, it's not like a, I don't know if this is ever gonna happen. No, you can, you can sense, and it's, and it's a waiting, but it's an anticipation, isn't it? And that's exactly kind of the, the feel that, that this has is, is to be expectant. And also we see here that with Simeon, he has this confident hope that the Lord will come through. And we also see, too, again, that, that it says, and again, this is so important. Listen, do you know that every word that's in Scripture is important? <laughs> and we can blow by stuff if we're not careful. The fact, anything could have been said here about Simeon. He had about, you know, three lines of stardom, and then he was gone. But notice that it says, and the, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Right? The Holy Spirit was resting upon him for a reason, and so we see, again, we see very clearly that, that this was important. And, it, and, it, and it's showing, again, how he was waiting, that, that, that the Holy Spirit was on him. And the Holy Spirit was showing him, even in this moment, that it, it had, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death. So the Holy Spirit had, had spoken to him, let him know, and it says in verse 27 that he came in the Spirit into the temple. Man, if we could just... Get that line right there. If we walked in here, <laughs> and it would be, I mean, it's, it would be truly, it would be earth shattering if we all walked that way. But again, the Holy Spirit was leading him into this place. And again, remember, you know, there's crowds of people. 
And yet the Spirit led him to exactly where he needed to go to find Jesus. I mean, imagine what that day must have been like for him as he's being led. And he's like, there's this crowd of people. And how do I, how do I even begin? Because Mary and Joseph, I guarantee, guarantee you, uh, because just their resources, they didn't probably have a lot. They were probably dressed very plain, just blended in. It's not like they had a, you know, little onesie on Jesus, like, you know, Messiah is here or something. <laughs> there had to be, the Spirit led him to identify, like, this is the one. <laughs> and so, again, it's, it's, so, it's so amazing to see this. And it, I, I think, again, this just gives us this snapshot and a glimpse of how we can remain expectant in our waiting. A couple things, you know, first is to have confidence in God's promises. This is how we can remain expectant, is to know that when God has promised something, that he will fulfill that. His word does not return void. And I want to encourage you, and I, think, I believe there are some of you here today that maybe something that you believe God has shown you or promised you in the past, maybe it's fallen to the wayside. Maybe it's grown dim. And I want you to know today that maybe it's time to rekindle that and to come back to the Lord and to say, Lord, you know what? You are God, and it's in your timing, but I know that you will be faithful, that you will be faithful. And you look to him, and you, you trust him, and we have confidence in God's promises. When we come to the word of God, we know that, that this is the word of God. And that, again, we can come here, and we can, we can know that this is God's word, that this is what God is saying, and that this is what God's heart is. And again, we can have confidence in that. Number two, again, is to walk out, looking at Simeon, as our example, to walk out a life of obedience, right? Again, most people in here probably are not going out and you know, doing really bad things. I hope you're not. <laughs> and so I think sometimes we can kind of give ourselves a pass. Say, well, you know, I'm not really that disobedient. I say it often, sins of commission and omission, right? We, we won't do the sin of commission, of committing a bad sin or doing a bad thing, but it's just as bad to not do the thing that we know we're supposed to do. And so coming back to that place and, and walking a life in obedience, it doesn't say perfection, praise God, because <laughs> we would all just fall short, and we do, but it's, it's, it's a life of obedience. And the third one, again, and as we saw here, this example today, is just to simply submit to God doing it his way. And I don't think you caught that because we don't want to <laughs> because we want it our way. And like I said, even when we think there are times and there's been times in my life and in the life me and Leanna have had together where things did not go the way we thought it should. You know, losing a child before he's born is not the way that I would pray for that to go. Right. But the things that God accomplished and will accomplish and does accomplish through the way that he chooses to do that and to come back to that place to know that I am not God, <laughs> I am not God, and to simply trust him and obey. Remember that song, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way? It's, it's so true. And, I'm, and again, it's not easy. <laughs> But there's something that happens when we submit to God doing it his way. When, when things happen and we may not see it completely or maybe we don't even agree with it. But to know that, you know what, this is, this is what God is doing and I submit to that because I trust him and I know that he loves me deeply. Amen?
All right. We're going to kind of bring this all, put a bow around it. So that's, that's how, again, this, this idea of being expectant works as far as in our relationship with God. And so I just want to touch briefly now, what does expectancy look like in our relationship with one another? And this isn't the part I was thinking when I was said earlier about expecting it to go wrong, okay? Just so you know. I hope you don't think that of each other. You see, in regards to each other, when I think that, that phrase of being eagerly confident, and I think that should apply to each of us and to one another. And that's really, again, even with you know, what we've been doing in the vision team and, and in the church, it's, it's, it's us and we're, you know, we, it's been really amazing watching everybody kind of jump in and do their part. And, you know, we are confident and we have this, this expectation that, you know, that we can expect something of another person, right? And not just disappointment. I mean, something like great, something really good. I remember, uh, so again, it's football season. I'm going to be good. Don't worry. Um, so you guys, I mean, I give all credit to Walter Payton, right? I mean, amazing running back. But we had a good running back. The Lions did, Barry Sanders. And usually, if you're being honest, most people say Barry Sanders was an amazing running back, right? He's got a statue now outside of a fourth. So it's pretty cool. But, but listen, it was so, because we didn't have much to cheer for as Lions fans, right? But when we got Barry, and if you ever watched him, whenever the ball was in his hands, you, you knew anything could happen, <laughs> Because the, the defense would be in the backfield and he's just running for his life and then somehow he just doot, 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 and goes through and he's gone, right? And what would happen though is, is once he got that ball, everyone on this, on, I was watching, like whether you're at home or in the state, everybody kind of like leans forward because you just don't know, right? It looks really bad, like he's gonna die. And then, boop, he just pops out and just keeps running down the field. And scores a touchdown. And that, you know, to me, it just came to my mind. And, you know, I, I put, don't just do it. I said, do it like Barry, right? <laughs> Where we have this expectation. We should have this expectation of one another. We should have this way that we look at one another. And when we think about each other, we have this expectation like, man. Who do I pick on? Lori. Lori's about, she's going to do something amazing right here. Kevin, you know, Kevin shows up and he's serving, he's doing that. Kevin's, Kevin's gonna, something's gonna, something great is about to happen here. You know, to have an expectation and to have an expectancy and almost like to move to the edge of our seat when we see people, Frank, when he's outside, you know, welcoming people in the rain, like, man, there's Frank, he's got the ball, he's just, he's gonna break it loose, he's gonna score a touchdown here somehow. And that person gets out of the car on a rainy day and everything's gone wrong and some lady, their hair, her hair is soaked and messed up and she's walking, you know, she's here and she's dragging herself across the street and Frank smiles at her and says, you know, good morning. Welcome to church. Touchdown, right? And I want to encourage us, you know, to, to ex have an expectancy as, as we look at one another and we see the winds, you know, and, and again, we're, we're looking and we're thinking, wow, look at them go. <laughs> Doing what they do doing things that I can't do, 
And that's how we should be as a church. Remember, you know, you've seen them and they're gonna be up much more prominent in the near future, but our, our house rules that, you know, we submit to God's word, we love unconditionally, but here's the third one. We believe the best of one another. When somebody says something about you that, you know, you said something about the senior pastor and they say, well, so-and-so said this and this and this, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I know, I know that person, and I, I believe the best in that person. If there was something, they would, they would come talk to me. And to always default to where we believe the best in one another. What's that? You want to hear the rest of the? Okay, good. I'm going to read them all. Um, we believe the best of one another. We resolve off- offenses face to face, right? <laughs> If somebody has offended you, if you have a problem, then go to that person and stand across from them or sit down and grab a cup of coffee. Believe the best. And you know what? I don't know about your experience, but my experience is nine times out of 10 or 99.9% of the time, when you say, I heard this, or when you did this, it made me feel like this. Most of the time, the person was like, I, I'm, I did not mean it that way. Right? How many people have left the church over a misunderstanding because they never went to that person and talked to them? Just keep looking at me, and they won't know it's you, right? Because that's what we do. Why? Because we got churches everywhere. I'll just go to a different church. I had somebody come talk to me this week, and I was blown away. I was like, man, and it wasn't even about me. It was great. I was really happy about that. (laughs) But they came to me as a pastor and said, hey, this is, and you know what? That situation got worked out. And they're still here. <laughs> and they could have left, mad. We speak face-to-face about our offenses. Three more, we speak truth and kindness. Somebody needs to hear that today, amen? <laughs> this is because you're right, how you say it matters. Be kind. But we speak the truth and kindness. We forgive always, and we serve each other. Amen? Amen. Well, listen, we're going to kind of wrap up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us, and we're going we're gonna to sing one more song here just to kind of wrap this portion and, and, and prepare to move into the time of um, a presentation of, from just our, our vision team. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It, it is, it's, I'm excited about it. And, listen, this, this series we're in, and what we're doing, and even now, can I just say that I hope that you would have a, just this much expectation about what God might be up to. And if you don't, I hope after what they share, I hope it moves to like this much, all right? Because, the, you know, God, I believe, is, is, is doing things, and that's just not the, the sales pitch from a pastor, you know, to make you feel good or whatever, but I believe God is, he's moving pieces and he's bringing people to this church and he's setting this stage. He's setting the stage, but it begins in our hearts. It begins with how we are. If we can't do this well, <laughs> we have no business going out there, right? And so he wants to knit our hearts together. He wants us to be on the same page. And again, as we do that, I want to encourage each of you to do so with expectation of what God might do. Not just in this church as a whole, but what God might do through you, what your part might be. And then watch as the Holy Spirit will invade your life and work through you to do things that you never thought were possible. 
And I'm not talking about tearing a, you know, moving a building or a mountain. I'm talking about maybe walking across the street and talking to your neighbor for the first time that doesn't know the Lord. Right? Don't box God in and don't put handcuffs on what God might want to do through you and don't sell yourself short. Right? Come on now. Don't sell yourself short. And you know what? It's not because you're great. <laughs> it's not because I'm great. I'm with you. I'm in the same boat with you. But it's because God is amazing and awesome and he is great. And he chooses to use imperfect vessels to accomplish his perfect will every day. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for per every person downstairs, Lord, uh, again, speaking life into our children, into our next generation. God, I thank you for those who are online this morning watching as well. God, I pray, Lord, that we would begin from this point forward if we have lost any of our awe and wonder of who you are. God, may that be replaced, Lord, and may you fill us today with your spirit to overflowing that we might have an expectation, Lord God, that we might be on the edge of our seat, knowing, Lord, that you are about to show up and show off. Not just for an experience, Lord God, but that that would be the case wherever we go, through every moment, through the week, wherever we are. God, that you would be moving and working through us and accomplishing your will and your plans. And God, the privilege that that is to walk in that type of relationship with a creator God who holds the universe in the span of his hand is, is truly awe and, and, and amazing. God, we cannot comprehend or fathom, but Lord, we know it to be true and we trust your word. And so Lord, I thank you that you have spoken to us this morning, that you have stirred our hearts and that you have challenged us where that needs to be challenged, those thoughts and that ideology. God, that you would move us to a place of desiring you more than anything else. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand?